Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, hello, and welcome along to the latest Forza Italian Football Podcast, the only Italian football podcast bringing you into Italy, into the Serie A stadiums every single week. As ever, I am your host, Connor Clancy, and I will hold my hands up straight away and apologize for this belated podcast, and it is completely my fault that we're coming to you a day later than usual, as I've been sick this weekend, but... I've battled through. I'm here now, and joining me is Kevin Pogorzelski. Kev, welcome along. It's great to speak to you again. Hi, Connor. Thanks very much for inviting me. And also joining us is Vito Doria. Vito, as always, it's a pleasure. Oh, nice. thank you, Connor. Hopefully, you can battle through this, guys. It would have been a struggle any other week, but given that the most recent game to be played was Atalanta. One Lazio nil. It's making my job a little bit easier tonight. So let's start there, shall we? And, and take the momentum from that. And hopefully that will carry us through. It was quite poor, really, from both sides here, Kev. And Lazio in particular will be disappointed that they didn't beat Atalanta. Never mind, just get out of there with a draw because Atalanta were there for the taking. This is one of the worst games they've had all season. But Lazio as we've seen when they play the teams around them so often, they couldn't do it. I think Lazio were there for the taking. Sorry, I think Atalanta were there for the taking, but very much um, from their own their own sort of way they set out after scoring so early. It was quite a shock. I was just I was just sit, settling down, really, to then suddenly see the goal go in from a, a bit of comical defending from Lazio. And although they, they, they kind of created a lot, they had a lot of possession in the final third, there was no real. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> just not clinical. Yeah, just not clinical enough, really. I didn't, didn't really deserve it. No, I was just going to talk about, in particular, Chirumi Mobley in the first half. He probably had a few chances to uh, draw Lazio level, but Borussia made a good save for one of the opportunities. So, yeah, I guess that was a bit of a wasted. A chance, but yeah, it seemed on reflection that Lazio had the more chances, but they couldn't convert. And unfortunately, Acherbi's goal was disallowed for offside. So, yeah, a bit unlucky in that perspective from Lazio. But based on this season's form, they don't look as sharp as they were in the first two campaigns under Inzaghi. No, they they definitely aren't, are they? And we saw that. Um... We've seen it all season. They've just not quite been themselves. They seem to be there in those places by default more than anything else. And we've praised Lazio on here before when they weren't it. But this season, I really just don't think they're at their best. And where are these problems coming from? Because Simone and Zaghi Kev is obviously quite a good coach, right? But he's just not quite getting the best out of his players this season. 
No, and obviously they've lost. They have lost something um, in Felipe Anson going to West Ham United. Some of that sort of cutting edge. Um, Caden Balde is no longer there. Um, I don't know how much of an influence Lucas had from the centre of midfield. I thought he he, he performed really really well after they lost uh, Billia to to AC Milan, and I actually think Lazio got the better deal of that. Um, maybe that's what they need. They need because Parolo, for all his positives, does tend to be a little industry over 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 technique, if you like. You know, to be that creative and, and maybe steadying influence from the centre of midfield. Yeah, well, let's call a spade a spade. Parolo's terrible. Um, I don't I don't quite know why he's at Lazio. I don't know why he has been at Lazio for the last few seasons, but he's there. And to be fair, sometimes he does a job for them. But if Lazio have ambitions of getting into the Champions League consistently, I don't think he's the type of midfielder that's going to get them there. Vito, we've seen Correa at times impress for Lazio this season, but he wasn't quite at his best tonight like the rest of the Lazio team. And is he someone who can provide them with that that extra bit of creativity? Or, I don't know, what do you think? I reckon he can provide that extra creativity, but so far he's been limited to super sub roles. I reckon maybe this might require Inzaghi to do a bit of uh, tactical tinkering and maybe he should try and find a way to incorporate both Luis Alberto and Joaquin Correa into the same starting lineup to you know, add more creativity, add uh, more spark, because like you said, you know, Parolo is more of an industrious type of player. He doesn't add much in terms of quality. And Sergei Malinkovic-Savage, he's been very underwhelming this season. So maybe he deserves a spell on the bench for a prolonged period. It is hard to be too critical, I suppose, of of Lazio and especially in Zaghi, given their recent success, relative success, I guess. But um, Abdul has a question. Vito, I'll send this one to you. Is the team too tailored to the three-man defence or can Simone and Zaghi consider other formations in the future? With the players that they have at their disposal, I think the three-man defence is um, probably what they need to stick to for the time being. Because if you look at who they could use as fullbacks, I don't really think a four-man defence is particularly ideal. Uh, I'm also more concerned with the midfield setup and who they've brought in in the summer than with the defence because they've brought in Valon Berisha from Red Bull Salzburg and they signed Milan Badel on a free transfer from Purentina. But I'm just wondering if they were really what they needed or if they were really the right pieces of the puzzle, you know, if they were going to fit in and make the right contributions and help Lazio tick more smoothly. Um, Aaron Holland has come into the comments now and said maybe it's just a Christmas time dip. But the way this season's been going, too many teams have been in a dip for too long for it to even be considered a dip anymore. Um, Not looking at anyone in particular there. Aaron, especially not their cross city cousins, Roma, but we will get to them. Don't you worry. Uh, right, let's look at the, the team who won then, Atalanta, because they had that horrid run a while ago where they weren't scoring goals or anything, but now they've won six of their last eight games. They've gone from being crisis club to just two points off the Champions League places now, one point behind Lazio and fifth. And Although it, it is still tight there, Atalanta are now sixth and Torino are 11th and there are just two points separating them. But when Atalanta, Kev, missed out on the Europa League playoff, losing to Copenhagen on penalties, I said on the podcast that there is no reason now why Atalanta cannot push up and be in the conversation for that fourth place finish come the end of the season. Is it ridiculous to suggest that now or has Gasparini shown not only this season but in previous seasons that there's every reason to back them I think with the tune that Gasparini can get out of this Atalanta side I think it's 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 absolutely fair to say that they could be challenging up there and I think that 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 automatic fourth place that uh, Syria now has for the Champions League is a an ideal reason for them to uh, to want to push themselves forward for that but 
I think there was always going to be a little bit of a hangover after starting so early in the uh, Europa League and going out in in disappointing circumstances, really. Um, what I will say is they, although they've not been at their, if you like, swashbuckling selves uh, in attack, there was an there was a an element of of them looking comfortable tonight. I think they, you know they've got that defensive resolve, and and I also saw it against Udinese a couple of weeks ago, whereas they. They looked as though they were happy to control the game once once they, they got into the lead. And I have, okay, it was quite early tonight, but uh, you kind of felt that again, as much as it was Lazio, you maybe felt weren't actually going to overturn the uh, the deficit that had been created. They did have that crisis in front of goal this season. And I'm just looking at the, the statistics now. In terms of goals scored, Atalanta have 30. And I know a few of those came against Frosinone and Chievo and just that. But only Napoli and Juve have scored more goals in Serie A than Atalanta this season, Vito. And now that Zapata appears to be finding his feet in Bergamo, we know what Ilicic and Papagomas can provide. And even players like Hans Hattabor and the three centre-backs pop up with goals every once in a while. Is this, this ability to score from all over the pitch, this has got to be beneficial for them in the long run especially if Zapata can keep this form up. It's hard not to take them seriously when we talk about the European places, maybe even the Champions League. Absolutely. I think that's the ideal thing about any football team. If you can get goals from your forwards and then get contributors from other parts of the pitch, I think it just makes things easier because you have those additional reference points and scoring options. In the case of Atalanta, and more specifically Zapata, he's got six goals for the season, but five of those goals have come in the last three. So he's going through an excellent spell, and it would be fantastic for him and for Ladea if he can keep it up because the way the season's looking now, only about, say, five points separates uh, fourth and uh, twelfth. Yep, five points between 4th and 12th, and AC Milan still have to play away to Bologna. But uh, that last Champions League spot and Europa League spots, they're all up for grabs, but it's all a matter of consistency. And with the scoring options there, and also they still have Emiliano Rigoni on the bench, and he's been good when he's been given the chance. So I think Gasparini should be happy with the wealth of options, especially if they can maintain this run of form. Even Muzabaro as well. To his credit, he can score goals when he plays and he's not getting much of a look in with Zapata's form in the last couple of weeks. So they do have that depth, which they've not had in recent seasons, but it's definitely exciting. Guys, I'm going to push you both. I want you to to give me a number between 1 and 20, between 2 and 20. Where will Atalanta finish this season? Vito, you can go first. Um, At the moment, extremely tough. Look, I'm going to play a bit safe and say sixth at the moment. Uh, I still think that, yeah, really depends on how AC Milan, Lazio and Roma go. Again, those three in particular, probably on paper, have stronger sides than Atalanta, but it's consistency. Um, I don't want to keep repeating that word, but it sounds like it's going to be a big thing throughout the season. A lot of these teams are just good on the day, but, you know, like we've just mentioned, or I've just mentioned, Zapata's in fantastic form, and it's about maintaining it. If uh, he keeps firing, and you know he's got a big frame on him, and he's mobile too, so he's going to be very hard for defenders to stop. So I reckon at least sixth place is possible. But if the others are dropping points or they have big, big injury crises, you know, I I wouldn't rule them out to finish higher. Cheyenne has come in in the comments and said second. Um... He seems to be joking, but I'm going to take it as a serious comment. Kev, what's your prediction? I know you'd love me to say fourth, but uh, I think I'll probably have to agree with Vito. Um, I think it will depend a little on how the two Roman sides get on in Europe, how early they go out. Um, but if um, if they have a bit of a run, then I can't see uh, why Atalanta can't take advantage of that and pick up some points where they maybe drop them the weekends after... Uh, European fixtures. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you when you think of the squad depth. You mentioned the two Roman clubs. Um, they are not shy of completely embarrassing themselves, as we've seen 
in recent seasons, not only in Serie A, but in Europe too. And the squad that Atalanta have there, that first 11 and the next couple of players who can come on, you mentioned Rigoni, Muzabaro, players like that. It's not that much different in terms of quality to maybe what Roma and Lazio have, or at least what they have shown to have this season. Um, Aaron Holland, the depression that sinks in when you realise the wording, two and 20. Sorry, Aaron, but let's be honest, Serie A has 19 teams and Juventus are doing their own thing in their Scudetto League. But I'm going to go out on a limb. Atalanta will finish fourth this season, okay? They did it two years ago. They'll do it again this. Moving swiftly on before I get ridiculed for that. The Derby della Mole, I was depressingly interim for this, but unable to watch the game. And the pain of that, the pain of seeing Juve and Torino fans walking around and knowing there was a massive game on in the city I was in and not being able to see it was infuriating. But is there anything more predictable? A Cristiano Ronaldo penalty and a 1-0 win for Juve to silence their cross-city rivals. And Vito, it was always going to be this, wasn't it? Unfortunately, it was going to be this way. Torino did seem like they were having a go of it, and at least defensively and in possession, they were decent without being overly fantastic. But they were lacking that cutting edge in the final third, and I think that's where Iago Falque's absence had hurt them. And Vittorio Parigini came on later in the game, but maybe he could have been on the field a lot earlier because uh, Zaza and Belotti probably did not get the best of service, but also they did not have many clear-cut chances to score themselves. Probably the best two chances fell to Armando Itzo, the centre-back, and he clearly could not convert those chances. You mentioned Simone Zaza. Um, Kev, uh, unfortunately for... For the striker, he, he was at the centre of it all again, wasn't he? And Is he to blame for Juventus getting the penalty that eventually put them ahead? I think he is. I think it was a, I think it was a, classic, a classic derby performance, really, from Torino. It, it was all desire, and unfortunately desire doesn't, or should, well, probably is never going to be the thing that's going to tip the balance in your favour. And he, for, for, the, for the penalty that... that Torino gave away. He comes storming back, you know, collected the ball, but then almost ran into his own man as the uh, the defender could have probably cleared upfield. And then, well, as for the back pass, that's probably the only unfortunate bit of him. It, it was all it was all energy and no real, you know, just take a breather, look at what your options are on. And he really sold the goalkeeper short there and was the chief protagonist in the game, really, with the uh, foul on him to start with. I saw him getting criticised from the second the penalty was awarded. And to be honest, I thought the reaction was way over the top because it was Zaza. If, if Belotti yeah. does that, I think people are saying, that's excellent tracking back. Belotti's done amazingly there to defend and show how much he's fighting for this team. Fair. The back pass was ridiculous. It was under hit. But the keeper could have been quicker off his line. And even when he comes out, why is he going to ground? Mandzukic is going nowhere. Stand your ground and show him out of play. There, there was absolutely no reason to dive in like that. Vito, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, I do agree that Zaza is getting criticised more because of his past reputation, especially with his miss at Euro 2016. So I think that's put a lot of negativity on him and his career. But yeah, he should have been given a bit of credit for tracking back and winning the ball off Bonucci. And at the same time, he should have cleared the ball away instead of trying to pass to Ichazo there. Ichazo is clearly the second-choice goalkeeper and it makes you wonder why on earth they would purchase someone like him in the first place. It would have been better if they had used one of their youth team goalkeepers because the Granata do have a good youth system. Uh, Ichazo probably would have been better off just staying on his feet because... The way Mandzukic was running, it's not like he was going to turn right around and try to chip him from the impossible angle. He's not that kind of player. So uh, as much as Zaza should be blamed for his part in the penalty, um, Ichazo needs to be criticised and ridiculed for his part as well because it was reckless to go in for the ball like he did. I thought it was absolutely horrendous goalkeeping and if he plays again for them this season, I would be surprised. But he just looked 
so slow. He looked like a 50-year-old man, the way he was trudging out of his goal. I, I, Kev, I'm sure you could have been off your line quicker than he was to, to gather up that ball, and you would have had enough knowledge in your head to not go to ground like that. Um, you haven't seen how slow I am, Connor. <laughs> I've seen you run for trains at 7 a.m. between Milan and Bergamo, so I, I back you in that situation any day of the week. Um, all right. Where will we go? Where will we go? Oh, we have a question. We have a question. Sean, where do you guys Juve would? Where do you guys think Juve would finish if they were in the Premier League? I don't like this question. Juve have shown in recent seasons how good they are, how good a side they are. They've fallen to, in the Champions League final against Barcelona and Real Madrid. And I think they will be a lot of people's favourites to win the competition this season. If Juve were in the Premier League, they'd be title contenders. There's no two ways about it. They'd be up there with Liverpool and Manchester City this season. But let's not get into comparing Serie A and the Premier League. Um, okay. Cristiano Ronaldo, he, it's a big game, Kevin. He scored. It was a penalty, but he took it and buried it. And I guess he deserves credit for that, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. It was uh, it, it was what he was doing after which surprised me. I, I, I hadn't I hadn't called it initially. I kind of thought they did they because I think the, the way the, the camera angle went round. I thought, oh, did they just brush each other? And obviously, then there was a bit of the, the scuffle. And when you actually see he he almost leaps to chest bump the the uh, the, the opposition goalkeeper as if he's his uh, his teammate. It was just it was surreal, really. And then he had the the gall to turn around to the ref and go almost what me when he uh, when he was when he was cautioned. It was bizarre, wasn't it? I, I had to watch it back. I, I didn't care about the penalty. He took a scored, keeper nearly saved it, but it was the celebration. It was so strange. It was just a massive eruption of ego from one of the most likely providers of such an outburst. And it wasn't entirely surprising. It was quite funny to see him booked for it. It would have been. It would have been nice to see him get booked for something silly late on, but it, it wasn't to be, and Juve won. Um, <laughs> Aaron said, well, they're against Roma next season, so don't worry, their first defeat is incoming for Roma against Juventus this season. Yeah, um, nail on the head. Let's go on to Roma then. They beat Genoa 3-2, and I mean, they just don't convince, do they? They really, really don't convince Vito. And Kev said to me before we start recording that they're just a mess. And the defending for Genoa's second goal was horrific, and it was. And these things just keep happening to them. The thing that was surprising for me was that he didn't, uh, Di Francesco did not play with a true centre forward. He used uh, Zaniolo as a false nine, which was probably a bit of a mixed result, but. Yeah, definitely agree on the defensive aspects of Roma's game. Uh, for the second goal, uh, Florenzi and Manolis weren't able to mark the players properly, and Oscar Hilliamark got a pretty easy tap in. But, uh, yeah, and Robert Olsen had a shocking game. But this will be one of the rare times I'll say nice things about Genoa. They probably should have got a draw out of this game or maybe even the win because they had some good chances too. And... I reckon they gave uh, Roma a decent shake-up. They looked good on the counter-attack. And if Prandelli is given a proper chance by Preziosi, he might be able to do something with this team because he's been away from Italian football for some time. But I think uh, this might be a chance for him to get his career back in track. The key to that sentence, Vito, was if and a proper chance by Preziosi. It's never going to happen. Is it? He'll, be out at the, nah. he'll, he'll be out the door by Christmas probably. <laughs> especially but, if he doesn't win soon yeah that was just a a beautiful coming together of two of Serie A's biggest jokes at the moment which was great and Kev is it fair to say you're not Robin Olsen's biggest fan oh he's awful, <laughs> he's awful. Uh, I was on a train with uh, Dov to Turin once and we were discussing that he's got more than one mistake in him and he made two he was lucky with the second because it was uh, it was offside against Kwame um, the first one is shocking on, on two levels. First, he lets it go through his hands and then he gives up on it. He think, I think, I assume he thinks that he's closer to the goal line and the ball's going to trickle in. 
and it's that pause and you can see the pause whether it's at real time whether it's in the uh, the slow mos um, he 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 would have had a chance at sort of nipping it away from uh, piontek if he just reacted it's that defeatist attitude almost as soon as it had gone through his his legs maybe he needs a a spell out of the side yeah but i don't know <sighs> yeah what I, I'm just so sick of talking about Roma. I actually haven't got it in me to talk about them anymore. But I guess we have to, don't we? Patrick Schick, Vito, he, he's, he failed again. and or Did he even fail, I guess you could say. But he failed to make any sort of impact in the last season and a half that he's been there. And there, was, there were reports that he's, he's going to be on his way back to Samp. Uh, I guess it's... It seems those rumours are starting to come back now. I didn't think much of it when you mentioned it about a fortnight ago, but those rumours are starting to pick up now. They're gaining traction, and it probably makes a bit of sense because it looks like Fabio Quayarel is going to get his contract extended for another year. And there has been some rumours that the young Polish shock at Sampdoria, David Kovnatsky, who was brought in to replace Patrick Schick, could be loaned out to either Bologna or Kiev or so. We'll see what happens out of there. And maybe it's better that this move goes ahead. Perhaps a return to Genoa will be good for Schick to play with Sampdoria. And if Kovnatsky can be a stable starter at another club and fire in the goals, it uh, might be a win-win situation. Yeah, living in Liguria and eating Farinata is never going to do harm to a player either. So Unless you're Antonio Cassano, of course, who... <laughs> he piled on the pounds because of the Farinata and Nutella around there. But Schick seems to have a bit more about his, his mental character than Cassano ever did. All right, let's go to Samp then, shall we? We were speaking about them. Um, they beat Parma 2-0 in one of Serie A's friendly matches. The, the two supporters are, are twinned there. Um, but, but yeah, it, it was straightforward. Qualiarella scored and... You mentioned him getting a new contract. They would be mad to not give him a new deal. No, absolutely. He's our talisman. And if you think of all the provincial sides and smaller teams in the last 20 years or so that have had those talisman, uh, some do have that in Quagliarella. He's like what Di Natalia was to Udinese, what Papo Gomez is to Atalanta these days, um, Roberto Baggio at Brescia, Pepe Signori at Bologna. He's that kind of guy. If we lose him or he goes, the club needs to seriously look at a really good replacement because for all the good coaching Gianpaolo has put in, Quagliarella is that leader and that difference maker. So I'm glad that, you know, he's going to get that contract extension. He's got nine goals for the season now. It was a beautiful header. And his presence is needed, especially with these younger players and experienced players. Experienced players. Definitely. And if if Schick did go back, Qualiorella is a great guy to have around him there. But it, it's hard not to absolutely adore the guy, isn't it? He's He's been through so much in his career. And his best goal-scoring season was last year. And he looks like he could well match it again this season. And the guy's just smashing it. He is, he is evergreen. And hopefully he never retires and just plays until he dies. <laughs> it will be a fantastic time. Just, just leave him at Sam. Maybe send him back to Napoli for the last season of his life and just just give him the send-off he deserves. He's, he's a fantastic player. But Parma were a mess. Parma, again, were all over the place, which is quite surprising because Roberto De Versa has had them quite well organized this season. And we've not spoken about Bruno Alves, and I don't want to speak about him after they play like that and lose. But he's been so important for them this season. He's come in... And he's just been fantastic. He's been helping Bastoni develop as well. And he scored twice this year. And it's hard not to love a bit of Bruno Alves, but let's save our praise for him until he does something good again, which will probably be this weekend because I think they play Bologna. So that'll be fun. Inter won Udinese nil. This was poor, Kev. I'm not sure what you thought of this, but this was quite a boring game. And is it just... Is it just a case of Inter papering over the cracks from midweek, much like Roma's win over Genoa was? I think so. I think they made they made a mid a little bit too much of beating Udinese from a let's face it, just a, a solitary penalty because of that 
that draw in midweek to PSV that ended their Champions League hopes. You know, I think the the Inter fans are, are too smart to realise that this was anything other than a poor performance, really. Um, didn't create enough. Um, you've got to say, Icardi's got some uh, bravery. Um, to sort of <laughs> penalty like I was worried there, what you were going to say. I, but you I don't know. Uh, <laughs> making sure I said something that was uh, arable. But you just think, you know, the, the stick he's had previously some time ago from the Inter fans, if that hadn't come off after midweek, after going out of the Champions League with a, a fairly limp uh, performance and then another uh, against Udinese, well, they would have been uh, up for all the San Siro. Yeah, Kev, thank you for not swearing. But And our friends at Football Nation Radio then in Australia will also thank you because I don't have to edit it out and sometimes I forget. So we're all appreciative of you. But Vito, Icardi is... Say what you like about the guy off the pitch and what he's done in the past, but as a striker, he's he is a joy, isn't he? Because, as Kev says, the madness, the bravery... And the other word that begins with B, to do that at such an intense time, it's it's excellent. Oh, he is. Icardi is a fabulous striker. And it's probably a bit of a shame that he's at Inter during this time or these last few years because one can only imagine if he was put into a really strong or really great Inter side, we'd get better service and be able to score more than just one or two a game. He's always had this confidence about him, even when he was at Sump. So uh, he's not someone that's worried about pressure, and he definitely backs his own ability, as shown by doing the Penenka. So uh, he's the type of guy that won't have many doubts, whereas there'll be other strikers in the world that do have those kind of doubts or mental issues. Yeah, he scored a hat-trick against Milan. He always scores against Juventus, and his his form in the Champions League, or his goal against Barcelona, rather would would suggest that pressure isn't really something that gets him down. If anything, it brings the best out of him. Aaron Holland has raised a good point actually in the in the the comments. Kevin, their their Champions League elimination might hurt a lot more now because of this Thursday Sunday or Thursday Monday thing that the Europa League seems to throw up, and for some reason teams seem to find a lot more difficult than playing on Saturday and Wednesday. Um, we will get into their Europa League um, situation a little bit later, but is it overly dramatic to say that Inter's season is already over? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, probably because I don't think they'll make any effort in the Europa League. Um, I think I've mentioned it a few weeks ago with the automatic places for 
the top four now in the in, in Syria confirming Champions League qualification. Inter aren't going to drop out of the top four. They may well have a bit of a dip and, and end up fourth, but with Roma, Lazio and Milan playing how, how they are and not managing the stringing together, they could probably just go out in the next round and just save themselves the agony of uh, those Thursday night trips to places like Azerbaijan uh, and whatnot. Yeah, well, at the moment, Juve are obviously far and away above the, the best team in Serie A. They're, they're eight points clear of Napoli in second, and then there's six points separating Napoli and Inter. But you do think that gap between Napoli and Inter will probably change a lot between now and the end of the season. And it, it could just be a case of whoever gets knocked out of the Europa League first finishes second, and then the other takes third place while the rest of Serie A plays it out for the final Champions League place. And it's it's going to be interesting, but it's such a shame that Inter have gone out in the way they did because they should have gone through. I wrote in midweek that Serie A's sides embarrassed themselves in Europe again this year and got a pretty big backlash, mainly from Lazio fans who are one of the teams who went through. So I don't really understand what their issue was. But anyway... Inter, Inter let themselves down massively by not going through. The, to not beat PSV is a disgrace, to be honest. Given the money that Inter have invested in recent seasons, given the position they were in, given they beat Spurs and drew up Barcelona and they had it in their own hands and they let themselves down, it's infuriating. And I think their season is over because you're right, it's hard to see them caring about the Europa League, which again is maddening because teams not taking the Europa League seriously drives me insane. But yeah, you wouldn't be surprised to see them just roll over and get knocked out and then just coast to another top four finish. And they'll go again next year. And for a club who whose players were coming out saying, we can beat the best, we can compete with the best teams in Europe, not only in Italy, after losing 1-0 to Juve, it's a complete humiliation. Uh, I don't care what other way you want to look at it. And if they don't finish second and they've been knocked out of Europe, I think I think their season is nothing other than a failure. Uh, if they don't win the Europa League, I think that's it. Um, yeah, another another team whose season could be considered a failure if they don't win the Europa League is probably Napoli. They had a tough in the Champions League this season there, but again, they were their own worst enemies. They they should have beaten PSG twice, and they lost against Liverpool at Anfield, which I won't hold against them, but. It was the Napoli or the Napoli PSG results and the the opening day slip to Red Star that ultimately cost them. But Vito, they beat Cagliari one 0 Milik got a free kick, and they just about got the three points. Yeah, well, at least in the second half was probably a bit of an improved performance by both teams. Uh, you'd feel that maybe Cagliari could have got one or. No, probably should have got more than what they did in open play. But, yeah, it took that Milik free kick. Um, uh, I thought it was a good strike, good curling free kick, had a decent enough dip on it. And, yeah, Milik's got about eight Serie A goals for the season. So it's good to see that he's having a good run in the league so far. And hopefully he doesn't have another knee injury because that's hurt him a lot during his Napoli career. Yeah, Milik has been so good for them in recent weeks. He got the, the winner against Atalanta, obviously, and he's done it again. And It would be great because he does give them something different. And because he's big, he often gets labeled as like a plan B option. But he's technically so, so good. As we saw, his goal against Atalanta didn't receive as much credit as I think it should have because his control and the finish for that was, was phenomenal. But Kev, you weren't that impressed by his free kick. Well, mainly from the goalkeeper, really. Um, you know, it, it had plenty of dip and swerve and it was going away from the keeper. But it was only when I looked at where his starting position was and actually how far into the corner, well, how far into the corner it didn't go, really, that you just you could question the keeper and, and maybe that helped Napoli get out of jail a little because it was obviously in the, um, the latter. Well, it was in Inchichon, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah, it was almost a comical dive. The goalkeeper's arms were almost as wide apart as they were outstretched uh, uh, vertically. But, um, yeah, no, we, should, we shouldn't give him uh, too much of a hard time. It was a, it was a, it was a great hit. I thought you were going to finish that sentence by saying we shouldn't give him too much credit. 
And I'm thinking, you just you just sound like Roy Keane right now, just being needlessly cynical for absolutely no reason. But no, yeah, I, I take your point. It, I was quite underwhelmed when I saw the replay from behind the goal. But give the boy some credit. It was a good hit. I'm a hard man to please. <laughs> Don't I know it, Kev. Uh, all right, Fiorentina beat Empoli 3-1 in the Tuscan derby. And finally, finally, Vito Fiorentina have won. But the big thing here is after going 400,000 years without scoring, Giovanni Simeone has two and two. Is this a sign of things to come? Hopefully it is a good sign for him. And perhaps that's really what he needed. He got dropped against Sassuolo. And I think not studying against the Nero Verdi did the trick. So he scored against them. He scored here against Empoli. And I think uh, Fiorentina really need him to keep that goal-scoring run as well. Another player who has two goals in two is the former Everton winger, Kevin Morales, because he scored that equaliser uh, last week. And this week he drew Fiorentina level against Empoli. So... It seems that his addition and his experience has been quite good. And maybe he could keep his spot because Marco Piazza has not been impressive for Fiorentina since joining from Juventus. No, he really hasn't, has he? And when I was at, I think it was Fiorentina-Juventus recently, the people in the press box were talking about exactly that. And they're really not overly impressed by him there, which is a shame because it did look like he was going to to kick on. Kev, we'll move swiftly on because we do want to talk about the European draw. But first, Frozenoni nails Sassuolo 2. Berardi is kind of showing hints of what we can expect from him. Yeah, I think his, um, his driving forward last week against Fiorentina caused the, 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 the goal that gave Fiorentina a point there. But yeah, he seems to be getting more involved. You say, it's, it's one of those things is you, you, you go missing in games in recent months and, and you, you never really realise he was playing unless he sort of stepped up with the odd penalty, whereas he seems to be getting a, a lot more involved in the play and driving the team forward. And I think it's, like, it's good for them, certainly in the position that they're in, that uh, he's, he's, he's taken that role up again because he looked as though he was a real hot prospect and then potentially it faded a little. Um, right, we're just going to fly through this. Um, Spalnil, Kiev, O'Neill, we won't spend time on it, but is there a more predictable draw in Serie A? Both Vito and I backed a draw here. Vito was the only successful one. He went for nil-nil. I went for 1-1. Silly of me. But let's get on to the European draw, Champions League. Um, Juventus will face Atletico Madrid, and I think the winner of the Champions League will come from this meeting in the last 16. Kev? Juve have previous in the competition, so do Atletico Madrid. Both have lost finals recently. And it in Europe, both play quite a similar way. Yeah, um, I think the experience of the two defences could be crucial here. And there's some statistic, and sorry, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's something like uh, 80% of the teams that have the second leg at home, because that's what you've effectively won the group to get that advantage, will go through. And I think that will actually hinder Juve here because they're playing Athletic uh, away the first leg. And if Atletico get a good, uh, well, whatever a good result is for them, certainly if they took a 1-1 maybe to Juve even, but if they get a 0-0, then it's going to make the second leg in Turin extremely difficult even with the attacking prowess that uh, Juventus have. Yeah, it's quite delicately poised, actually. And it's going to be fascinating because both teams love to defend as well as having the ability in their teams to attack. Thomas Lamar for Atletico has been fantastic. They've obviously got Antoine Griezmann. And I think Diego Costa should be back by then. But on the other side, Juve have Mario Mandzukic, Pelle Dybala, Douglas Costa and obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, who always seems to score against Atletico Madrid. I'm really looking forward to that. I do think the first leg will finish nil-nil or something. And the second leg is just going to be an absolute bruise fest between the two sides murdering each other. And it'll probably come down to Ronaldo or Diego Costa, like biting the ball into the goal or something ridiculous to win it. But Chiellini Costa is going to be a great uh, contest. 
Oh my god. <laughs> it's it's not going to be. I think the game kicks off at nine o'clock Central European time, which is appropriate because children should not be allowed to watch that game. It's just gonna be utter violence and it's gonna be amazing. But Aaron makes a good point. This is why Cristiano Ronaldo was brought in. And if he doesn't do it, and if Juve don't do it, I guess you could consider the move a, a failure for season one anyway, because Serie A, Serie A, Juventus win it, and that's just how it goes. Roma Porto then. Vito, what do we think of this? Roma surely will not be in as bad a state in February as they are now. I can only hope so, but I'm not too optimistic. At least last season, they were very impressive in the group stage and they just continued it on through to the semis. This season, they've struggled in an easy group and Real Madrid topped that group, but they're having trouble as well. So uh, I suppose they're fortunate that they got Porto. With all due respect to Porto, they did very well in the group stage, winning five games and getting a draw, but they had a group with Schalke, Lokomotiv Moscow and Galatasaray. So Roma might provide them with the ideal test in the round of 16, but it depends on if Di Francesco can turn this form around. The team clicks much better in the second half, especially with the new guys having more time to gel. But it also depends if even Di Francesco is still the coach by then. So um, there's a lot of what-ifs to ponder, and it's hard to really say Roma will get through or Porto's just going to roll over them. That being said, I think this is Roma's best chance to get into the quarterfinals because if they had to face another team that topped the group, I think they would have been on for another 7-1 hiding. <laughs> yeah, without being disrespectful to Roma, or to Porto, rather, we can be as disrespectful as we like to Roma. Um, they were the team that everyone wanted to face, and Roma can only consider themselves fortunate to draw them. Kev, Vito's right. It is hard to even predict what sort of state Roma are going to be in by then, if they will have the same coach or, or what's going to happen. Because with the game we mentioned before, I had to go Juve. You know exactly what those two teams will be doing by the time they face each other. But with Roma, they could they could either be in the top four or in twelfth place. Yeah, and I think it's I think that's the problem. There's there's so much that can change at Roma, whereas the the state of the, the Portuguese league, you, you almost expect Porto to be allowed the time to focus solely on that game. Um and and, and Roma need to get their house in order pretty quickly um, based on their defending the last few weeks if they're if, if they want to make a good crack of the competition let alone this tie I think because again that is that that, that's that second leg over in uh, Porto that's going to be crucial probably and, and Porto are strong at home um, I'm just seeing Wanda Nara has been chipping off this evening so remind me to talk about what she's been saying before we wrap this thing up let's let's go into the Europa League then Napoli will face Zurich and Kev I guess Napoli will probably just have too much about them if they take it seriously yeah you'd think so Zurich can't even get above fourth in the Swiss league at the moment and um I suppose it just—it's like into it. it. Goes back to how 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 much Napoli actually believe they can chase uh, Juventus down, and if they actually think that we're not going to drop out the top four, but let's go and get ourselves a trophy. Um, it, it's it's the end, if you like, of Hamsik's career, or it's coming to it. Um, there's a few other players, Rao Albiol, that came in, um, and it's, it's whether they actually want to leave with something other than the uh, the Coppa Italia they won a few years ago, really. You would hope so. and I guess with the Coppa Italia is something that we've not spoken about this season because it doesn't really get underway until January for the top teams. But yeah, I would love to see Napoli actually do something. And with Ancelotti, they've got someone who has shown that he can do it in Europe. So it would be nice to see them actually take it seriously. Vito, Lazio, Sevilla. I'm quite excited about this. And... I know neither team is really doing what they were doing this time last year, but who knows after Christmas, both could be playing exciting football again. And this could be an absolute thriller. If both teams are at the best, I think it would be a great encounter to watch. 
know, in previous years, Lazio, we were a thrilling counter-attacking side. And when Milinkovic Savage, Luis Alberto and Immobile are on song, they are a dangerous team to face and they are excellent on the eye. And the thing with uh, Sevilla is they're actually, believe it or not, in the La Liga title race, but you'd think Barcelona should win that easy. Having said that, if they're in with a sniff, it makes you wonder how much they'll focus on getting another record Europa League title. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that Sevilla are actually in a title race at the moment, but largely because Barcelona and Madrid haven't been their usual selves, so the, the points tally for top spot at the moment is far lower than it would otherwise be. So... Yeah, it will be interesting. And the last one of those then is Inter, who play rapid. Kev, you pointed out that they're actually in more trouble than Inter are at the moment. Yeah, well, just this weekend, they lost 6-1 to their uh, their local rivals, Austria-Vienna. So um, if that's anything to go by, Inter should walk past them, really. But uh, again, if Inter turn up and, and, and put in another lackluster performance, then... then... You never know because Rapid actually, although they sit eighth in the uh, in the league, they've they've had some some quite promising performances in Europe. Uh, maybe that's why. But uh, the big question is how much do Inter want it really? And if Spalletti's not there, you can just see them just spiraling. Not necessarily out of the top four, but just like you say, like you said earlier, giving up on their season. Really, you said if Spalletti's not there, do you think it's possible that he won't be? I think if 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 the club took the view that the with their financial resources that Champions League is almost uh, assured, um, and that they don't want to focus on Europe, they don't want to keep that continuity to see if they can go any further in Europe. And dare I say, if there's a man that they want come available, I know there's been talk of Mourinho, but that is quite far fetched. I think really, um, he just he just doesn't look comfortable his position obviously doesn't look very comfortable at the moment after the Champions League exit but yeah I don't know no it is quite a tricky one but Vito they've they have officially brought in Marotta there now and I guess moving away from the specific match chat about them do you think that he's going to make a difference with things in the transfer window absolutely you'll tell Shiro Osilio not to overspend on defensive midfielders or to buy crap defenders. So that would be a good start. And, yeah, I just think with Marotta, if he keeps doing what he had done at Sampdoria and what he'd done at Juve, he'll just make very shrewd buys. So regardless if Spalletti stays or goes or if Inter decide to make the dream a reality by appointing Diego Simeone and enticing him away from Atletico Madrid then I think Marotta is more than capable of assembling a fantastic squad and with the right budget. It is quite unusual to see him there. and It, it just gets more and more bizarre that he was allowed to leave Juve, whatever happened behind the scenes. One uh, Nara then, to finish, she's been speaking about Mauro Icardi's situation at the Inter, and she says, a renewal offer does not exist. The club wanted to send Icardi to Juventus and it's always Mero who says no and that he wants to stay. Uh, Kev, is this just more of the usual from Wanda trying to get her husband a bigger contract? I'm not sure. Um, obviously, that, that's probably her motive. But when when we had the question earlier about how Juventus would get on uh, in the Premier League and then we started to talk about the... Um, the attributes that Akadi's got, and you know how he, he's clearly Inter's um, outstanding player. I, I kind of just wonder if if he was to, you know, you don't want to see him leave Syria, but if he was to move to, um, dare I say, Juventus or somebody that goes a little bit further in the competition, he'd surely want to test himself against against higher class opposition more regularly than what he he does. Although sometimes he looks as though he's not um, particularly putting that much effort in until he is needed to against uh, some of the smaller clubs that where they play. Um, Inter's Christmas party, Christmas dinner is tomorrow, which 
this is amazing. And she acknowledges that and what she says. She says, tomorrow we have dinner with Inder. I know they will kill me, so I'll bring something from my house to eat. Wanda, what are you doing? Uh, I, I have no idea what's happening here, to be honest. Why she has said it, why she has said it now, uh, knowing that she's going to go to this this dinner tomorrow and be quite possibly murdered. It's it's just bizarre. She doesn't go to that party by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, she's she's looking for a reason to not go, I think. And Mara will be getting dressed tomorrow. She'll come in to get ready and he'll go, oh, yeah, I think you should give this one a miss this evening, Wanda. Um, I'll, I'll go alone. Vito, have you any thoughts on this? Oh, it is very bizarre. But what it does seem from the outside looking in is that Wanda Nara is a lady looking for plenty of attention and I'm sure, let's face it, the money that Icardi makes from Inter is like her little extra pocket money. So I'm sure, you know, she'll want to go down the, you know, the quad, golden quadrilateral, that fashion court in Milan, spend up on all the Gucci, Versace, Dolce Gabbana. So more, more money for her to buy all these little goodies, all these materialistic stuff that all the wags enjoy. All right, guys, that'll do it. Let's, let's finish with a tweet from a tweet and an Instagram post from Martin Darun. What a match. And there's a new goat in the city. And it's, it's attached by a photo of Duvan Zapata. So the players are clearly loving the big man there. And what, a better, what better way to end it? I can't think of any. Atalanta are finishing in the top four. <laughs> guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me as ever and making, making me forget about my illness for the last hour or so. Vito, it's been a pleasure. No, it's kind of, yeah, it's been an enjoyable chat with Kev and you, and you've seemed to battle on pretty well. So good on you for getting through the 50 minutes or so we've been talking. Oh, you sh- I'm just going to die on the floor when <laughs> the camera goes off, honestly. Uh, um, Kev, thank you for coming along and making me my need to speak less. My pleasure. I think you did quite well, though. Thank you, mate. It, it's, it's all an act. But uh, for you listening, make sure to head over to ForzaItalianFootball.com. Keep up with our Serie A coverage from the stadiums right throughout Christmas. And follow us on Instagram at ForzaItalianFootball, on Facebook at ForzaItalianFootball, and on Twitter at Serie A FFC, just because we wanted to keep one of those things different. We all have our own respective social media accounts. You can find them by looking for us. Um, our handles tend to be the same on everything. So just go and do that. Okay. Um, yes. Until next time, it's yeah, for now.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 